Being a Better Man, Episode 13, Work Ethic and Fatherhood. You have just entered a world governed by personal accountability, where being a man is not an excuse for bad behavior, where complaints are not allowed, whining is forbidden, and excuses do not exist. Join us as we focus on the actual character of men rather than merely the trappings of manhood, where we discuss getting the best out of yourself instead of trying to get the better of someone else. We have one singular mission, being a better man today than we were yesterday. Now prepare to have your thoughts provoked, your ego challenged, and your character tested. It's time for being a better man. Here's your host and fellow man in the trenches, Alf Herigstad. Hey, welcome back to Being a Better Man. I'm your host, Alf Herigstad, and today we welcome another guest to the program. He's 31 years old, married to his high school sweetheart, and father to a new little baby girl. He's originally from Estonia, but has spent a great deal of time working in America, and I'll let him explain all that in his own words because it's a really great story. In 2014, he started a blog called Brand New Father, and he just recently started a podcast also called Brand New Father, which is where he showed up on my radar. Because in the being a better man business, anything with the word father in it stands out to me because fatherhood is such a critical element of the being a better man equation. When I first heard his whole story, the two things that stuck out to me were his work ethic and fatherhood. Two things that go hand in hand and fit really well into the message here at Being a Better Man. So without further ado, I welcome Tanel Yapanin to the show. How are you, Tanel? Hey, Alf. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on. Well, thank you so much for... He's coming to me from Estonia with Internet Magic via Skype. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we like to sc- we like to claim Skype as ours, so so there's a couple of developers were from Estonia. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Well, Norwegians yeah, Norwegians invented the paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I alluded to your story, but why don't you go ahead and take a few minutes and tell it in your own words? Well, it's pretty crazy, actually. Uh, I like say, like you said as well. I'm from Estonia, and when I was uh, second year in university. One of my friends approached me with this crazy idea of going to United States for a summer internship. So it was sales internship. And it actually now it sounds pretty crazy when I look back because we supposed to fly 5,000 miles away from home. Uh, I ended up working in Florida and worked door to door pounding the streets of Florida uh, 80 hours a week. Straight on commissions, uh, straight on commission with no guarantees, and I had to pay all my expenses to get there. Uh, but at the time, actually, it sounded pretty good thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and my friend had done it before, and he he went uh, went back for another year. So I decided to go for it and applied and got accepted. And uh, and I can't say to my own surprise because I didn't want, know what to expect, but I did. But I but I ended up doing really well. I was one of the top sales reps uh, for the first. For among first-year dealers, and I decided to do it all through my university. And before graduation, I was offered a full-time position with them, and uh, I ended up being a corporate recruit and trainer, and still and still kept on pounding pounding these streets every summer uh, in different states. So I've been working f- for a couple of summers in Florida, a couple of summers in Georgia, a couple of summers in Texas, in Oregon, in Illinois, in Minnesota, in Alabama, and one summer in. Uh, 
one summer in uh, New Brunswick uh, in Canada as well. So let me get this straight. So you were going door to door, commission only. You had to pay all your own expenses and work 85 hours a week. Wonderful opportunity, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't blame you for snatching that up. <laughs> I mean, part of it might have been the, the lure of just the adventure. Oh, definitely, especially the first summer. Yeah. Well, so how long were you doing the 85-hour-a-week part? Uh, every summer, 12 to 14 hours. Uh, 12, 12 to 14 weeks. So it was just a summer gig, then you would go home. Yeah, rest of the year, after my first or second summer, rest of the year, I just uh, worked as a recruit and trainer for them. So I recruited other students from Estonia, okay. <laughs> tried to get them in the sack as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was actually, it was a wonderful time. And uh, through this, uh, the sales experience, actually, I ended up meeting with more than 20,000 North American families face to face and have this conversation with them because I sold kids books educational kids books so uh, all these families that i had a chance to meet uh, they were young families themselves as well so mm. that's what especially what i appreciated in my later summers as one when being expecting expectant parent already or being a dad myself last summer it's just you have this conversation with them and try to pick up a thing or two from them as well how to live my own family life and and talking about the whole work ethic part of it um i know there's a lot of guys in America, I was a construction contractor, mm-hmm. and, and I would hire guys that just didn't know how to work. It's like they never learned. And I, having been abroad myself, I've I've seen people from other countries, Europe, and they have a different kind of work ethic. Where do you think you got your work ethic from? Well, it's hard to say for sure, but uh, Estonians definitely are like stereotypically. We are very hardworking and we're sturdy. We're like traditionally like farmers. And uh, we don't like to complain and talk much. <laughs> a person's value is usually measured by, by their actions and by the results. Uh, and especially, I think it's especially true for all the generations before us. But I think, I'd like to think myself as a pretty hard worker as well. But uh, I mean, always... I've always worked myself starting from middle school. Every summer I went to, I worked a couple of, couple of weeks at least, or a couple of months at least. And when the time was ripe and I ended up going to US for the sales internship, I don't, I don't think it's my diligence that made me successful. I think it's more of the commitment not to give up because uh, working in direct sales 80 plus hours a week, I would say it requires more of mental like toughness and mental power than physical stamina. Yeah. So, uh, and now having gone through the program over and over and over again, it kind of has got so much easier to set goals or work towards them. So it's almost like has become my habit or almost like a second nature. So, but in the beginning, I think it's just, I don't know. I think I couldn't just, I couldn't give up. Although a lot of students did, they didn't finish the summer. Hmm. So it's just, I think it's more like this kind of stick to itness. Yeah, I was going uh, to say that, stick-to-itiveness. So while you were doing that, you met personally with 20,000 North American families. <laughs> yes, sir. From every conceivable walk of life and socioeconomic 
strata? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I worked. Uh, I worked with folks in uh, single white trailer homes uh, that were just busting hard to put w- food on their table, and I worked people that lived in homes that were worth a million dollars or more, and were just physicians, lawyers, business owners. And sometimes, I mean, I mean, there of course there are differences in their values and everything, but but sometimes uh, I met cooler people in the lower lower income areas. Not always, not like every time, but it's just still people were st- people were still pretty cool, even yeah. if they didn't make a lot of money. Yeah, people ultimately are, are just people, regardless of what they do or how yeah. much money they have. Surprising, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> that's one thing I noticed when I joined the Army. Uh, suddenly, everybody looked the same. Everybody's wearing green, and you couldn't mm-hmm. tell who was from, you know, what sort of background. Everybody was just a, a soldier, and it was uh, it was pretty neat. And even in the, if you look at my if I look at my like weekly sales results, I I can't tell by the results which area I was working in, whether mm. it was middle income, higher higher mid, higher income, or lower income area. Well, after meeting with all those families, what were your three biggest takeaways? Were there any common reoccurring observations you made about family life or? Well, there definitely were. Um, I don't know if I can if I can give you like three right away, but because uh, in the the first summers I really didn't pay attention to kind right. of trying to learn from the experience. I was just kind of having my summer adventure. But uh, certainly the last couple of summers I paid a lot more attention to what was what was I seeing there. And I mean, it actually it's surprisingly boring. Uh, I would say we just all pretty much want the same thing. We just want to be happy and want those around around us, the closest closest people around us, to be happy with us. Uh, but happiness was very different things for for different people, and sometimes even uh, for the same person. But in, when you catch them different times, it's still different mm. things. Uh, so one thing that I learned was that seems like these successful people had things somewhat figured out in their lives. And I don't mean that uh, they were successful in all areas of their life, that they, were, they had exceptional physique and their family life was exceptional and they were super successful in their careers. So I don't mean that, but they had, uh, they had their priorities figured out and they focused on their priorities. So, for example, I, sometimes I met people that were not doing financially very well, but they were still very happy and they had very supportive and loving family life. And some folks were, for example, out of shape, but since like having a six pack wasn't in their <laughs> identity or it wasn't their like big priority in their life, so they still they still were happy and they were happy, for example, because they had successful career. So in the actually somewhat it was somewhat surprising for me because I had thought that you have to figure out everything in your life and you have to be exceptional exceptional in all areas of your life. But it may be it may be like this still, but this was just a sense that I got hitting these streets and in different states in US. Interesting. And and these were all cold calls. Like you just knocked on their Pretty door. Pretty much, yeah. They so. didn't really expect me to come by. <laughs> well, sometimes I still I did set appointments. And that's okay. another thing that I noticed that uh, a lot of these people that I felt that had figured out, uh, had their life figured out, they had very open mind. I mean, even if I didn't catch them at the best time or at perfect time, and even if they couldn't care less about the door-to-door sales guy, like even if it was 
even if it had a cool accent, <laughs> they still they still managed to see me as a person and uh, still have a conversation with me. And uh, I'm sometimes they ended up still buying from me. So, but that's another story. But that's I think that's two takeaways at least that I took from that experience and tried to implement in my own life. That I'm trying to focus on my own priorities and I'm trying not I try not to be ju- judgmental of other people. Good. Those are those are good ones. So I'll, I don't know if I can give you a third one. Well, that, that's okay. Um, <laughs> now, but your wife was your high mm-hmm. school sweetheart, right? Yeah. So during that 11-year period where you're gone. It was about four, four months a year. Okay. We didn't see. Okay. Was that uh, tough maintaining the relationship at home? Oh, yeah. Definitely. It wasn't an easy one. Well, while, while you were gone? <laughs> Uh, any any tips for how you manage that, or you do, you guys just probably just good communication, huh? Well, it's just I think every 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 relationship is different, but but there were but there were summers uh, when I got back home and the relationship wasn't quite what I remembered it being when I took off. So uh, it wasn't all like butterflies and unicorns and rainbows. Um, I think one thing that worked for us is that we were we had been together three years prior. To the first summer, so we kind of had some solid thing going on already before that, and um, we did stay in touch consistently. Uh, especially the later summers as well, we sometimes had these Skype like hours, couple hours uh, Skype conversations uh, even at nighttime because of the time difference. And another thing is, I think it's just my own characteristic that I just I just don't like to give up. I just uh, I and I see myself as a man of my word and a man of commitment. So it wasn't easy to keep this relationship going through these summers. But then again, it wasn't easy to do door to door sales for eleven summers either. And I remember one summer uh, when I th- I I think we stayed together mainly because I refused to give up on her. Uh, I actually ended up taking counseling to understand my own shortcomings. Eventually. Uh, we had few sessions of couple counseling, counseling as well, and everything uh, did not get better miraculously overnight, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but over over time, we did kind of build up, and uh, I would say right now we have built up even stronger relationship than we had before. And I'm glad I stuck with it because she truly is she truly is a wonderful woman and a nurturing and selfless mom. And it's very proactive of you to to go and. And get counseling for whatever you thought was going on with you. A lot of guys, they... Uh, well, at first, I was just hurt and I just wanted to get some support and I'm, I have a right to be hurt. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so after meeting all those families and seeing all these this different versions of family life, you probably developed some expectations about fatherhood yourself uh, just from talking to all those families. Mm-hmm. So how different was the actual experience of being a father from what you expected in your mind? Or was it pretty much the same? Yeah, I don't know if it was the same. And you're a dad yourself, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you felt the same way, but I've, I found it was actually really hard to prepare for fatherhood because it's, uh, it's tough to prep myself because I, don't, I didn't really know how I would react to all these changes or like all the new emotions, all the re- new responsibilities or, or this new little person in my life. But I, I definitely saw very different ways how families live their lives. I saw 
I saw some distant relationships there. I saw some single parents. And some of those actually were the most inspiring for me. Some single dads that actually made it happen and they still managed to be very actively involved. And that's one thing I learned about myself through meeting with all these dads and families that I wanted to be actively involved in bringing up my girl. I didn't want to be a weekend hustler that works all week and barely sees his little progenies, you know? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and uh, I like, I actually, I very much like my job. That's why I sticked with it 11 summers, 11, 11 years. Um, and I like the people I worked with. Uh, I actually made pretty good money, especially, uh, even, even for US, but especially for Estonia, where like national average wages or salaries are like four times lower than in US. Hmm. So the same dollar goes a lot longer here. And um, I tried to work these things out. I mean, I tried to fit my family and, and this job together in one picture. And the, like I said la uh, earlier as well, like last summer I took my wife and my five-month-old with me to Canada. We lived there for four or five months and I still worked crazy hours. And sometimes I felt guilty when I went to work uh, because... Like I didn't see her awake for many days uh, because she had already gone to bed when I when I pulled in, and then uh, sometimes I felt uh, felt guilty when I was at home because I was still constantly thinking on my work because I wasn't used to switching myself off. Uh, so, and some weeks I worked only seventy hours a week, and some weeks I pulled in like with ninety plus hours a week. Wow! And then, and in the end, I just I couldn't figure it out, and I ended up leaving my job. So. They probably hated seeing you go too, didn't they? Well, we we left in good terms, but they understand my reasons behind it. But uh, I mean, it's kind of surprising that uh, I mean, couple if 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 you if you were to tell me like a couple of years ago that I would leave my job, like walk away from it, like that, I couldn't have imagined what has to happen for me to do that. Hmm. But then life happened, and <laughs> and it actually it wasn't an easy decision emotionally. But it wasn't really hard for me to pull the trigger and cut myself loose. So it just it was kind of surprising that it was that easy for me to do that with no regrets. Yeah, children have a way of really changing your priorities. Oh, definitely. They they change everything. And and like what you said about you wouldn't know how to prepare for for fatherhood. It's really true. Even if you think you've got it all figured out, then this human comes along, and it's a whole brand new human being. <laughs> and it's got its own name and everything and uh yeah go figure <laughs> yeah it's uh it's really really something but you got how important fathers are to the, to a family and actually it's kind of weird you know what i it was surprising to me because i thought that i had built this decision up in my uh, in my own mind and you know what it didn't my life actually didn't change that much after i made this decision I was, I think I was just, I wasn't used to being at home and dealing with all these new responsibilities because I was used to just kind of setting some goals and just busting my butt off just to get the, get to them. So I didn't have these habits to be at home. So I found myself in square one once again and trying to implement all the same learned skills, but in completely different contexts. And it was tough sometimes and still is sometimes, but so far it's all, it's all been worth it. So. Yeah, I could relate to what you said about feeling guilty. You know, you leave and she's in bed and you get home and she's in bed. Um, I did that too. 
like when I was 23, I had a construction company and was working like 18 hours a day sometimes and never saw my kids except on the weekends. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it for very long. I just had to shut that down. So I'm like, what's the point of having kids if you never see them? <laughs> I mean, even now, I mean, running running the blog and the podcast aside, I still work quite a bit of hours, but I, st- I work from home. Right. So I can just, I can accommodate like this work around my family life as well. Like right now when we're doing this interview, it's 5 a.m. here. Hmm. So uh, while the little one and the wife are sleeping, I can just get some work done and just spend some time with them when they're awake. Right. How old is she now, the baby? Uh, she just turned. Uh, she just turned one a week ago. Oh. So she's talking a little bit. Oh yeah, she's just talking in three <laughs> different languages. And <laughs> no, awesome. she's not. She's not talking much, and she's just picking <laughs> picking up walking. Uh, but she does understand quite a bit what's going on around her. That's kind of cool to see. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Sienna. Sienna. Okay. Pretty. Yeah, I have eight grandchildren. All right. Yeah. Well, you're, you're ways away. You're ways ahead then. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit ahead of you. I wanted to have ten children actually, but it it was really hard to find a woman that would go along with that. Well, you can make it happen with grandkids then. Yep. Just I, keep motivating your kids. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost there because my son. I just found out his him and his wife are expecting again, so I'm going to have another another baby. Oh wow. Yeah, that's cool. What do you like most? about being a dad well there's a lot and there's a lot you like but it isn't easy but there's a lot to like and uh, I think the most like the biggest thing is the influence I mean it's scary but at the same time it is very inspiring to know that I can actually make this little person's life I mean eventually I mean she will live her own life but childhood experience go a long way at least that they have for me so and I, I hopefully I can make her life a little better and uh, for the for have a have that she would have a good experience for for the rest of her life. So with the example I set with my own life, with the way I treat her mom, with the way I treat her, or even like the way I deal with the challenges in my own life and the way I approach my life with my own attitude. So uh, it's a lot of responsibility, but it's also very exciting. So I try to not not take my my my. You wrote too seriously all the time. Yeah. Well, one thing I I think I liked most about being a dad was when they get a little bit older and you start hearing your words come out of their mouth. Like like when they're older teenagers or something and they're, mm-hmm. you hear them talking to their friend and they're saying the exact same thing you've told them all your life that you didn't think they were listening to you. Mm-hmm. So you start seeing little reflections of yourself come out of them. But uh, your podcast, tell us about that. What is going on with your podcast? Well, I'm just trying to figure out my podcast like such, like I'm trying to figure out this fatherhood gig, you know. <laughs> so you're taking people on the fatherhood journey with you. Well, my goal with the fatherhood journey and, uh, and partly with my podcast as well, it's just to first learn it and then live it and then give it. So in other words, I'm, I'm not trying to be the guy that has – everything everything figure out for everybody and that right. has all the answers for everyone's questions because there's i mean there's too many different ways to live your life and especially be a parent but instead i'm trying to uh i'm try what i'm trying to do is just share my own story in becoming a better dad and a husband and starting the podcast and the blog is 
in a way, it's it's my way to be a student of the game. It keeps me accountable to learn and grow, and uh, also helps me in a way helps me sort out my own issues with myself, my manliness, and my fatherhood <laughs> thing, uh, issues. And hopefully, I can I can live my values and ideas. On top of it, I can share my struggles and wins and essentially, by my imperfect example, inspire other dads as well just to make the most of their journey. So they can be a, so they can be a good dad and chase their own goals at the same time because I think you I think you have to do both because if you only live to your family, you may end, uh, end up in a bad and bitter place and therefore you can't really be the best dad or husband either. That's a good point. Uh, very good point to be well-rounded and, and take care of you too. I got divorced from my children's mom, and I wound up being a single dad for several years and uh, raising them myself. And that was always um, important because if I'm not happy and healthy myself, then I can't be everything they need from me. Well, I think that's that's for sure because, I mean, as much as I love the little stinker, <laughs> I think it just I, – I don't say it in a selfish way, but I do think that I I come first – in my own mind, and then my wife, and then her. Because uh, another thing that I believe is just one of the biggest things that dads can do for their kids is just love their love their mother unconditionally. Especially, I mean, as, especially when they live together. But even if they don't live together, at least respect and uh, have the respect for their for their mother. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, hundred percent. So your podcast is called Brand New, Brand New. Father. Yeah, Brand New Father podcast, and the blog is pretty much has the same name, Brand New Father. Okay, yeah, and there'll be a link to it in the show notes. And I encourage anybody listening, if you are going to be a father or you are a new father, check out this podcast and uh, travel down the journey. I'm sure there'll be a lot of things you can relate to and commiserate with. It's it's an adventure. Oh, definitely. <laughs> being, a, being a dad. Do you have any actionable advice or tips that guys can use right now if they're out there struggling to maintain the balance between work and family? Well, uh, I don't have it 100% figured out yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> And if anybody has, they can let me know as well. They can just shoot me up, and find me on Facebook and let me know. But one thing, uh, one thing that, I've, that I think has helped me is to, is to set my own priorities in, in long run and in short run. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to have these weekly goals or themes for my weeks. So for for example, this week, it's all about working on my online presence and getting my message out there because it is important to me. I'm passionate about it. And at one point, I'm expecting and I'm, I'm hoping this to pay my bills and bring the food on our table. But another theme is, uh, and that's every week, is to focus on my family. I need to, I do need to spend time with them for myself. So another theme I have for this week is to focus on my family. And I think I need to do this first for myself to be centered and happy with my own life. And also for them, because I do believe they deserve a husband and a dad that's there for them physically and emotionally. So these are the two or three themes for this. Uh, these are the two main themes for this week. And sometimes it's three, sometimes it's two. But I, don't tr I try not to have more than that because it's really hard to focus on more than that. So... Next week, for example, I will be focusing a lot more on my fitness as well because we just moved back home and now I can have some more consistent workout routine and start losing this sympathy weight that I've been nurturing for years. So. <laughs> yeah, I just started that myself. Actually, when I launched my podcast, I thought, 
wow, here I am helping guys be better men, and I've been sitting in the front of this computer trying to get this thing going for five months. i got to start working out. But I think it's just, for me at least, I found it, it's very difficult to kind of have focus on all these different things that are important in my life altogether. So I'm, I found it a lot more easier or more healthy way just to go, go within waves. So uh, like one thing I'm focusing on one set of things, uh, another week I'm focusing on another set of things. So for example, this week, uh, I, don't, I don't really go out and hang out with my friends that much because it's just all the other things are that important for me. So I'm willing to sacrifice this for short term. And I think I can do that without burning out because, I mean, the first two things, my my work and my family are that important to me right now. Right. Yeah, just taking little bites. It's kind of what we do here at Being a Better Man. Just find one little thing. Make it better. Mm-hmm. I, think, uh, I think the balance is very overrated or misunderstood because I think balance in like long term, when I take like a year or I don't know, decade, I think balance is extremely exp- important. But you can't have balance like every day and every week of your no. life because you, you just drive yourself nuts. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, balance doesn't really occur from day to day, but over over the big picture. Yeah. Well, at least that's what I've found that has worked for me. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, where should they go? What's your website? Well, uh, it's pretty much brand new father all the way. <laughs> so it's my website is brandnewfather.com. Uh, the podcast is brand new father podcast. And you can actually kind of go to BNF as brand new father and BNF.com. That takes you straight to the iTunes page of the podcast. And on the social medias, media outlets that I am present on in Twitter and on Facebook, it's brand new father there as well. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your inspiring story with us. I'm inspired by you. And what are you, 31? You're 31? Yeah, I'm 31, but I still feel like 20 So sometimes. <laughs> hey, so do I. I'm, I'm 53, and I feel like I'm 20 sometimes. But, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good examples that you give. I mean, none of us do everything perfect, but the big key is, like when I asked you about if you had any tips for guys, and you said you haven't figured it out yet. But really the first tip is to want to figure it out and mm-hmm. to try to figure it out and have that in your in your mind as a objective, something to strive for. In closing, if you could sum up all your experience and uh, put it out there in a sentence or a paragraph, what would you say to the people listening? Well, man, we, we talked about many things. Uh, and I guess one thing that played out in several occasions today so it wouldn't be like only applicable to dads only. So it's just to, I think it would be to figure out what you actually want. Uh, not your spouse or what your peer, groups, uh, peer group expects from you. And just what do you really want and uh, try, to, try to focus on these things. So set your own priorities. And uh, if you want to be exceptional in your career, just focus on that. If you want to be a good family man, focus on, the, focus on that and be willing to sacrifice in some other areas. I've experienced that if you if it's if it's something that's really important to you, and when you when you start seeing progress in that main area in your life, it kind of fuels you, and and everything's everything else kind of set, settles down as well and, and falls to its place. Very good. Yeah, one thing I always say is the things we focus on are the things that expand. 
mm-hmm. good good things and bad things. Oh, definitely. Yeah, if you focus on on bad things, they get bigger. If you focus on good things, they get bigger. Well, thanks thanks so much for being on the show, Tanel. Well, thanks Al for having me and helping me just kind of put myself out there and uh, kind of figure things f- figure these things out for me as well. <laughs> Yep, and all this information will be on the show notes, so everybody can go over there and get a link to his show, and and that'll will about wrap it up. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, that was my chat with Tenel Yapanin. I was really happy to have him on the show because he's just a great example of a guy who, through hard work, determination, grit, and sheer will, was able to design the life he wants. At just 31 years of age, he's learned the importance of setting priorities, focusing on them, and getting them done. And we can all get some value out of that example. What one man can do, another can do. I encourage everyone to check out his podcast, Brand New Father, on iTunes. And go to his website, www.brandnewfather.com. Well, that about wraps up this episode. Don't forget to visit my website at beingabettermanpodcast.com. Join the email list and you'll receive the free report, Five Steps to Become a Better Man Immediately. Now, your call to action this week is to decide what matters to you. Decide what matters to you. Make that thing a priority. Then focus on it and make it happen. The things we focus on expand. Take it in small bites. We don't have to conquer the world today, guys. We just need to make sure that we do one or two things that make us better men today than we were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.